Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. I'm sure the news journal will make fodder. I don't care. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to back away from anything. Um, these were, this was personal, private stuff that was still stolen. So that was Commissioner Jeff Bergash, Escambia County Commissioner for District 1. Uh, Jeff Bergash, this was back in, uh, let's see, this is September 7th of just this year. A couple of months ago, following the uh, news that, uh, the, actually the PNJ, I think, kind of broke the news that the copy of his cell phone text record was out in the public, that Jonathan Owens had it. We had Jonathan on uh, our show for a big interview talking about that as well. But in case you just don't remember the background, uh, Commissioner Bergosh took his cell phone that was, depending on whose account you believe or what story of the background here you believe, it was either not working and he went to the county IT folks to help him get it working. Again, his personal cell phone, not the, not the you know, county cell phone. Uh, he, was, he went to the county IT to help him get it working, and part of that process meant, you know, offloading all of the information and archiving it so that it could, like the text messages and pictures sent and all that kind of stuff, uh, that that could be, you know, reinstalled on whatever they did with that phone or some subsequent phone or whatever. Um, he says he did it because he wanted to get the public records that were on his phone archived and saved and not have them deleted. It, he was either going on vacation and he was worried about the phone overseas or he couldn't get data or he was locked out of his phone, which is what the IT uh, folks at the time uh, seemed to have said. So in any case, somebody made a copy of all this information and gave it to apparently several different people is what it looks like because you know somehow the PNJ wound up with a copy. Uh, Jonathan Owens wound up with a copy. He doesn't know where it came from. You know, other people may well have copies as well. And, uh, you know, it's like 50,000 texts or something. So there's a lot of stuff in here. This has become part of the Ramey Edler legal battle, you know, the former medical director for Scambia County. And you have dribs and drabs of the information inside these texts have been coming out over, you know, the last couple of months periodically, uh, primarily from the PNJ. Okay, so that's kind of the background of it all. And now yesterday you have a big article written by Jim Little uh, doing good work for the PNJ like he typically does. Um, and since he's doing good work for the PNJ like he typically does, Jeff Bergash hates him and is railing against him on his blog, which is how he does. Uh, you know, anybody who does reporting that Jeff doesn't like is, you know, scurrilous and terrible and awful and horrible and mean and biased and lying and all this. Um, so whatever. That's par for the course. Uh, so what's in these texts? Well, the big takeaway from the text is that during the discussions about redistricting in Escambia County, Jeff asked David Bear, uh, who, you know, David's a friend, okay, with the Bear Company. Um, he asked David if he would not tell 
Commissioner May and Commissioner Barry, Districts 3 and District 5, the three commissioners tend to vote in a block. Sometimes Robert Bender is with them, sometimes not. But they definitely act as a voting block, which makes it very hard for anybody who's not in that block to get anything done other than what they want to do. And he asks um, David Bear to be a, a go-between or a go-one-way. Okay? Would you please share this proposal with them, basically? And if you know anything about the Sunshine Law, you know, well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Because the Sunshine Law, and understanding the nuance of the Sunshine Law is actually going to be pretty important to understanding this story, so I'll take a second to kind of explain it. The Sunshine Law does a couple of very important basic things. Uh, Number one is people who are elected to a board or who serve on a board together, public board, um, they have to have public meetings. That means it has to be available for the public to participate in or at least to watch, and they have to be noticed, so you have to know in advance that it's happening. And they're not allowed to have non-public meetings. That's the key part of this story. You can't have non-public meetings. So you may have heard that, you know, county commissioners, for example, or city council members cannot talk to each other outside of the meeting. That's not true. They can. They can talk about anything they want to as long as they don't talk about things that are going to come before that government entity for voting. So, you know, Jeff and Lumen and Stephen can get together and talk about football for 43 hours straight, and it's not a sunshine violation. Fine. They can talk about religion. Fine. They can, you know, they can talk about their favorite TV shows. Um, you know, they can talk about how they do or don't like me. You know, all fine until they start talking about county business, in which case not fine. Can't do that anymore. So a meeting held not open to the public, not noticed, you know, minutes are not taken, all of that kind of stuff. That's illegal under the Sunshine Law. The, the violation is uh, 500 bucks and up to 60 days in jail, max on both. OK, and a meeting doesn't have to be the five of us got together and talked about stuff without the public. A meeting could be two people getting together and talking about stuff or three people getting together and talking about stuff. Or a meeting that is mediated through technology like an email chain or a text message thread or a Facebook chat. But there, here's where you start. it starts to be important to understand the distinction here. If I were a commissioner, or let's, let's take a real case, okay? If Jeff, who is a commissioner, decides to send an email to Lumen, and that email indicates, I don't know, a document that he wants to propose for a redistricting. If all that happens is he sends the email to Lumen and Lumen sees it, that's actually not a sunshine violation. The sunshine violation happens when Lumen responds, because then you have a meeting. You have a discussion. You have back and forth. So it's not the sending that's a violation. It's the sending with response and receipt. Okay? If that happens, then it's a meeting, then it's a violation. Second part to understand, you don't necessarily have to have the meeting directly with the person. The Sunshine Law also prohibits intermediaries. You know, you can't resolve the Sunshine Law restrictions by, for instance, telling the county commissioner, hey, go find out what Lumen thinks about this. Or the, the county administrator. You can't tell the county administrator, go, go find out what Lumen thinks about this and get back to me. And then he works around the Sunshine Law by being an intermediary, making the meeting happen, even though it doesn't happen directly through those two people. So the question is, did he have David Bear illegally, or did he ask David Bear to illegally conduct a Sunshine meeting violation by telling him to send the information about his plans for redistricting to Lumen and Stephen? The answer is, I don't think so. I mean, it's clearly a violation of the principle of the Sunshine Law, right? I mean, he's literally asking somebody else 
to send to carry information to other people in order to curry favor so they can produce a vote that is what Jeff wants to do. In terms of like the goal of the Sunshine Law, it's obviously a violation. But in terms of the letter of the Sunshine Law, it's also not clear whether um, you know David even did it because he doesn't respond. And it's kind of you know it, it's it's adorable and hilarious and disgusting all at the same time that when he asks him to do this, he even makes the joke. But but don't don't tell me what they say. LOL. It, it, literally, their text reads. Um, it would be really helpful if you could speak with Lumen and that, of course, uh, about that. And, of course, don't tell me what he says, LOL. And if you could speak with Stephen, that's Lumen May and Stephen Barry, that would be greatly appreciated. But absolutely don't tell me what he says, LOL. It's it's almost the kind of thing like a kid who wants to get caught, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but is just covering his butt, you know. But uh, don't, don't let me know what they say. <laughs> now, does that mean he's laughing because... He knows that David, he expects him to tell him what they say or because they're going to call him. Because also, by the way, and this is worth mentioning, um, public records, sometimes people don't understand this. Um, If you talk to somebody verbally, there's no public record. Now, if it's a meeting, as in if it's two officials on the same board talking about business that's going to come before that board, it's illegal to do it. But you can't ask for a record of the meeting because there's no record. Records are either minutes of meetings or physical things like text messages or digital things like text messages or emails or the metadata on a phone call, like the timestamp of a phone call between two public officials, that would be a public record. The timestamp of a text message would be a public record. The content would be a public record, um, again, as long as county business is involved, okay? So I don't understand the position or the, like, the idea because Jeff thinks he's done nothing wrong. And he's said so ad nauseum on his blog, which I really try hard not to read because, I am I mean, it's a fan fiction site, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of like, it just, it makes it hard for me to cover him fairly when I read it because it's full of so much nastiness. I mean, it really is it's a genuinely nasty um, site, but, you know, so I try not to read it because it makes it harder for me to cover him fairly, which I think is my job. But in this case, he's just all up in arms about how, you know, Gannett is horrible and Gannett is, you know, they're committing felonies by having this thing and everything they say is distorted and awful and wrong. He doesn't really go into why it's distorted and awful and wrong, you know, because if you had that, you would say so. But anyway, uh, so did he or David actually commit a sunshine violation? My answer is I think no, based on the evidence we have here. Were they, was he trying to work around the sunshine law again? Clearly. I mean, clearly, why else would you do this this way? Because, hear me me out. If it's legal for him to send a document in order to inform the other board members of what he's intending to do, there's actually some discussion of this by, uh, like, the attorney general and stuff in Florida. That's fine. As long as they don't respond. As long as it's not meant to be a poll of the group to see where they're at, it's actually allowed. Again, that one-way sending of information is allowed. But if that's true, then why not just send it through your email? Hey, guys, don't respond to this. I just wanted to give you a heads up of what I'm doing. Here's what I have planned. I mean, why bother going through David Bear at all? Unless, <laughs> you know, A, he doesn't want this all to be found out. Which obviously, he doesn't. Um, and B, because he intends to do more than just the one-way communication. We don't have evidence of that, but I'm mean, just saying because the other part of all of this is the question of was the redistricting process itself done inappropriately or for inappropriate reasons. The the background here is a bit complicated, but here's the short version. 
Um, the end result of the redistricting that Jeff Bergash orchestrated was to acquire Perdido and Inerarity. That had historically for the last 20 years, but before that, otherwise, but for the last 20 years had all been a part of District 2, his mortal enemy, Doug Underhill's district, in which Doug lived. So literally he redistricted Doug's residence out of the district that Doug inhabited. There was a time at the end of Doug's uh, tenure on the board when he was not the county commissioner of his own residence. If you can believe that, it's wild, but it's true. Um, and now, there were other impacts because his political opponent in the prior election, uh, Jonathan Owens, who was the chief of staff for Doug Underhill, uh, was moved out of being competitive against Jeff and into District 2. And then you had a couple of other people who were candidates in the election against Mike Kohler, who eventually won, and how this would affect them. So there's a lot of conversation in these texts about district lines and who benefits and you know what's appropriate or what's not appropriate. Uh, so if you ask me my opinion, which I have said many times, I feel very confident saying that uh, Jeff Bergash gerrymandered this district. Um, I don't know that he gerrymandered it for sort of political gain, although with the part about trying to get Jonathan Owens out of his district, that looks like political gain to avoid another confrontation next year. Uh, but the part about getting Doug Underhill out of his district looks entirely like retaliation to me. This is I'm going to punish my political opponent. And that was the narrative basically that the PNJ uh, interpreted from the text as well. So was it gerrymandering for like political gain? I mean, yeah, I think with regards to maybe both of those people. But was it gerrymandered for, you know, manipulating reasons for like personal vendettas and stuff? I, again, I think, yeah. Now, does the do these text threads show that? Maybe not. I don't know. It's again, it's on the edge. But that's kind of what the story is. And um, it's obviously very embarrassing for Commissioner Bragash. It looks for all the world, as I've said a couple of times now, like he tried hard to work around the Sunshine Law and create a voting block uh, on the upcoming, uh, you know, the upcoming uh, vote about uh, the redistricting. But if you don't get reciprocity in the messages, is it a meeting? All of that. So could there be charges filed? I think there could be. Will there be charges filed? I don't know. Time will tell whether the state attorney sees this as a prosecutable offense or not. That's the story. 524 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Join Travis Thompson with Climatech of Professional Air, an American standard heating and air conditioning independent customer care dealer in the Pensacola area on the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 930. Join in as Travis discusses how you can lower your energy bill and create a healthy, comfortable home. Join him today at 930 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, I think we're lost again. Wait, what does that sign over there say? Caution, wildlife crossing? No, next to it. If you're a 60 year older, you may be at increased risk of serious consequences from RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, compared to adults younger than 60. Ouch, I didn't know that. Not all dangers come with warning labels. Talk to your pharmacist or doctor about getting vaccinated against RSV today. RSV vaccines, including Pfizer's, are available. Learn more at bewareofrsv.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. 
Get the midday news live with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. 11 to 2 before Guy Benson on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Oh my god, I love your bracelet. Where did you get it? Oh, my mom made it for me. It's adorable. Oh, it's so fetch. What is fetch? Oh, it's like slang from England. Good morning, 526. Cold. <laughs> this is in the 30s, man. I, I, it's funny. I, I, I always, this time of year, I always have to relearn what is the shorts, not shorts line. And for me, it's 50. Below 50 is, ah, gotta wear pants. Okay, fine. Um, the rest of the time, just shorts. 437-1620, a couple of texts on this issue of the um, uh, Jeff Bergash workaround sunshine law may be violation that came out in the PNJ yesterday. Uh, somebody texts here and says, uh, let's see, this is, uh, he got caught, and like most people who got caught, uh, uh, and he is like most people who got caught lying. Uh, somebody else says, uh, a private individual can approach commissioners separately. That's true. That's true. One person can approach each of the five commissioners separately about their plans. Uh, or also, by the way, the, you know, the county administrator can approach each of them separately and try to figure out what the board is going to want, but they just can't tell each other what, and he can't tell them all what they're all other doing. Uh, when Bergash solicited a private citizen explicitly to reach out to May and Barry by name, he was over the ethical line of the appearance of misconduct. Oh, surely the appearance of misconduct. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but the Sunshine Law doesn't... Uh, anyway, um, this was not a redistricting plan designed by Bear. It was one designed by Bergash. I, I would dispute that a little, if only because there was back and forth between Bear and Bergash about the redistricting lines. So they were clearly working together on di- figuring out what they wanted the district lines to be. So that's not quite right, but I didn't talk about that yet, so fair enough. Um, That's not a trivial distinction. It has the rancid air of intended collusion, whether or not it precisely results in sunshine violation that can be adjudicated. Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. That's accurate. 528 on News Radio 92.3. David Wayne in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The truce between Israel and Hamas has been extended another day. The Israeli military has now said that the temporary ceasefire in Gaza will continue uh, again for another day for the process of releasing hostages. The uh, six-day truce had been set to expire at 7 a.m. local time. Disney CEO Bob Iger says he will definitely be stepping down when his contract expires in 2026. He tells CNBC he's involved in the uh, search for a new CEO to ensure a smooth transition. Three years? Another three years, that's right. Three years from now I'm going to resign? Okay. Three years from now. Yeah, all right. Go on. It'll take a while to find the right replacement. Yes, really? And uh, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger has uh, oh died at the age of 100. Kissinger, of course, uh, best known for guiding American foreign policy during the Vietnam War. I, okay, I know I don't necessarily experience and view things the way everybody does. Uh, Rosalind Carter's passing I significant. But for some reason, maybe I was too young when they were president. I mean, when, when when Jimmy Carter was inaugurated, I was, you know, five, okay? Uh, so Rosalind Carter wasn't necessarily a person that I had a lot of, you know, personal connection to. Kissinger dying is like, I mean, a passing of an icon. This is the guy who was, he was both Secretary of State and National Security Advisor. Right. At the same time, for both Nixon and then for Ford. Nobody's ever done it. I mean, that's... Amazing. You Nobel know, he helped, Prize winner. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, that's a 
that's one you got to be careful about because, you know, they got the Nobel Prize for ending the Vietnam War, which then didn't end. You know, well, <laughs> and the, right. then the Vietnamese counterpart of his didn't take the award because it didn't end. But, yeah, I mean, an immigrant who rose to the highest possible uh, pinnacles of power in this in this country, writing foreign policy for decades. Uh, I mean, detente, for goodness sakes. He authored detente, you know, with, the, with Russia. Opened China. Uh, just across the board, an influential figure. And still to this day, well, I mean, to recently, still very, I mean, just he just met with President Xi within the last couple of months this year. So it's... I mean, talk about a figure who, and I love his, all. My, one of his, my favorite lines from him is, you know, uh, somebody who's born in America can never really understand America. It's the immigrant who really understands what this country means. Fox News. And I'm Chris Foster. Henry Kissinger died. The former Secretary of State was 100 years old. His strategic decisions shaped American foreign policy for decades, advising five presidents from Nixon to Trump. His consulting firm, Kissinger Associates, making the announcement, saying a respected American scholar and statesman died in his home in Connecticut. Fox's Griff Jenkins. Three Israelis are shot and killed. More are injured in an attack at a bus stop in Jerusalem. Police say the two Palestinian attackers are dead. An Israel-Hamas ceasefire in Gaza is extended through today. The operational pause will continue, read the Israeli statement right as the deadline approached. The break in fighting now in a seventh day. It allows negotiators more time to work out another hostages for prisoners swap deal. On Wednesday, Hamas released 16 more hostages in exchange for 30 Palestinian prisoners. Fox's Jonathan Savage. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. It is 37 degrees in Pensacola. Another chilly morning today. Governor Ron DeSantis is squaring off against California Governor Gavin Newsom in the great red versus blue state debate tonight. Barry University's Sean Foreman says this debate will give viewers a better understanding of the differences between Democrats and Republicans. In many ways, I think we're going to have a chance to see Ron DeSantis's real debating skills in a way that we don't get when he's up on the stage with Nikki Haley and the others. He says interest in this debate has probably decreased since it was originally announced because of DeSantis's poll numbers slipping. The two-hour debate is expected to tackle dozens of issues, including immigration, the economy, uh, Disney, and COVID. A group of volunteer medical professionals will be providing free dental vision and medical care to people in need in Milton over the weekend. The effort is through the National Remote Area Medical Nonprofit Organization. Over the last 35 years, they've traveled over the country providing free services at pop-up clinics. On Saturday and Sunday, starting at 6 a.m., they'll be working on patients on a first-come, first-served basis. Medical services can range from general physicals to uh, pap smears for women. Eye exams uh, and glasses apparently will be made on-site. So, uh, again, all that happening at Milton High School in their parking lot. Gabby Petito's legacy could live on in a uh, new piece of legislation. Senate Democratic leader Lauren Book filed the Gabby Petito Act yesterday. SB 610 is named after the 22-year-old Sarasota resident who died of domestic violence on a cross-country van trip with her boyfriend a couple of years ago. Book says the bill mandates law enforcement to complete a lethality assessment form during domestic violence investigations. The form is designed to evaluate the potential for serious injury or death. 
It is 534 News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast this morning. This is meteorologist Burke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to see a chilly day today with temperatures warming up in the afternoon near 67 degrees, partly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, staying much warmer in the 60s, 61 degrees. For Friday, 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 74. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 65 degrees. Wet weather continues until your Saturday with a high near 73, 80% chance of rain. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 65. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now, 37 in Pensacola, 42 in Gulf Breeze, and 32 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. News Radio 92.3. It's a Fox News Radio special event. DeSantis versus Newsom. Live on Fox News Radio this Thursday. Sean Hannity will present an exclusive 90-minute debate between Florida Governor and GOP presidential candidate Ron DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom. Focusing on the major issues impacting our country. The economy, the border, immigration, crime. Hannity will highlight them all starting at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox News, Fox News Radio, and... News Radio 92.3 from 8 till 10 p.m. My husband, Alex Hussey, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was point man in foot patrol, and I slept on the bomb. Lost my legs and my left hand in the explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb, and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life-changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like CMEX Materials, GE Wind Energy, Pensacola Bay Oysters, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Tomorrow at 10.30, join the Pensacola Humane Society on the Pensacola Expert Panel. They believe every wag of a tail, every purr, and every gentle nuzzle is a gift worth cherishing. Their dedicated team of volunteers works tirelessly to provide shelter, care, and love to animals in need. Learn how you can give back by becoming a volunteer or adopting or fostering a furry friend. Listen tomorrow at 10.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Well, certainly they're an integral part of 
many park systems and everything that you mentioned from concessionaires to uh, operator agreements and uh, you know use agreements can definitely enhance the activity in parks uh, and we have a number of those situations here in Pensacola. So this is a voice you probably don't recognize. He's the new hire for the city of Pensacola, Ben Heistein. He is the uh, new parks director. And this was at the press conference, not this week, but maybe two weeks ago. And he was asked by John Singley of Studio 850, great resource online, by the way, Studio 850, uh, asked by John Singley, well, you know, are there other, it seems like you might be interested in other ways of generating revenue for the city through parks, um, you know, vendors, advertising, naming rights, things like that. Um, and that's when he gave this answer, which I think is a very interesting thing. And I wanted to talk about it yesterday uh, with Mayor D.C. Reeves when we had him on the show. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So I, I know one of your big focuses is having an inventory of everything we got. How much does it need to be repaired? How much is it going to cost us every year to maintain or to repair it, restore it to the condition? Obviously, you're doing this across the board. Uh, but this issue of alternate revenue streams to support the always publicly subsidized parks don't make money. Obviously, they make quality of life. Um, but can you maybe talk a little bit about what things you and Ben might have in mind for generating revenue around the parks? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, step one, no matter what, is to, uh, you know, let's see what we're dealing with, right? And so let's see assessment. Um, and, and so, we, like you said, that is in process as he gets onboarded. But uh, but I love that idea, and I love that the fact, and that's why it's important to have fresh ideas sometimes when you come from the size and scope and budget of the city of Dallas. Uh, you see a lot of things, <laughs> maybe some that work and probably some that don't work right. uh, that you wouldn't do and you wouldn't replicate when you went to another city. So, um, so I'm, I'm really excited. We, you know, we of course have met several times um, and we've, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, once that initial assessment is done uh, that we start looking at those. And I've, and I've, I've actually told Ben, uh, you know, in our meetings that look the same way, look at the grant's office. I mean, certainly uh, that was spending money to help create an additional revenue stream. This is no different. If this meant we were starting a parks foundation, that could certainly uh, start to help cover our costs because we know that there is no such thing. I will never propose a budget that will fully cover our maintenance costs at the parks. We know that that will never happen. We don't have the money to do that. So how do we find – how do we meet that delta? And so I'm really excited to see what kind of opportunities and, and, and pick his brain once he's gotten the lay of the land, we're going to start diving in on on what those may be. And when it's not just money, sometimes it's 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 helping empower neighborhood groups to clean the clean the parks that that they live by, like yeah, the versus, tree planting initiative, uh, getting the know, neighborhood groups involved. Right? Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. It, it's not just dollars. It's not just you know charity dinners and and help our parks. It's that could be part of it. But I think it's also how do we empower the people who care about these places the most. Um, so it's like, you know, when I see on social media, for example, you know, I'll see these groups cleaning up right. around. I always try to get on and say, hey, thank you. You know, thanks for doing this, that, that you care about this place the way I do. And, and I appreciate that. Well, that's a that's a great way to externalize the cost of maintaining the parks to people who are willing and eager to do it. Because, you know, if if 100 people are spending an hour a week maintaining parks, that's, you know, 100 hours a week that you don't have to pay somebody to do that or. Exactly. 100 hours a week that you can be paying somebody to do something else that really needs professional attention, unlike the sort of citizen attention. I guess the one thing I just wanted to, and maybe I know it's a little bit preliminary, but my worry is, you know, um, the the caricature would be we don't want our parks looking like NASCAR jumpsuits. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm I'm on board with mm-hmm. you know exactly. commercializing and revenue generation. Um, but I don't want the parks to become just another ad space. And I know that's not what either of you have in mind, but I think that's what the, you know, somebody might have that picture in their head is, oh my God, he's going to generate revenue by selling park bench advertising and, you know, uh, chain link fence advertising at the dog park at Bayview and on and on and on. Well, look, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I think that the consumer experience, the citizen experience really, really matters first and foremost. And in my past life, I would rather I would rather spend a little more money to ensure quality and ensure a great experience. So, uh, so I, that should not be the concern. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think it's only going to be attacked by ads. And frankly, I don't think that that would be a, a, a big enough thing on the budget. To be honest, I think it's. Okay. I think we have to. You know, I think we have to capture the heartstrings of the people who care about this community the most and say, you know, what do we want this place to be? You know, or, or, or what park is most important to you? Where, you know, where did you? raise your children going where did you you know it, it, it's those things that allow and empower for the first time really uh, empower the people of this community to help invest in the places that that mean so much to them um and so you know that could come in a lot of forms but no uh, you know we're not going to have fast food ads on every uh in 94 parks you know everywhere <laughs> that's not the intent i think uh but but I, I'm, I'm really excited to pick ben's brain on on again what's worked and what hasn't well, and, you know, all kinds of things are possible here, right? Like naming rights is one of the things that had come up. Um, you know, vendors, for example, I know a lot of times people would love to have, for example, food trucks. And maybe, you know, having food trucks pay for a specific permit to get access to a park that would start to, you know, make money for the city, provide a service, they get business. I mean, th- there's all these kind of, you know, win-win-win sort of scenarios I can imagine. And I'm, I am. I'm looking forward to some of the details about that. Obviously, parking for Thanksgiving was a, you know, there were more people than there were spaces, even with the big grassy knoll out in the front. Um, I know you talked about there's going to be a, a lot for a couple of hundred spaces that you guys are going to be working on in the spring. I just as a, I mean, it's a completely temporary measure and it would require, you know, kind of a shuttle service. But did you guys look at the possibility of using all of the vacated land where the ST engineering hangars three and four are going to go in the northwest corner? Now that all those houses are gone, it seems like at least there's land close to the airport there that isn't being used. Well, look, I think we've got some. Some more viable short short term options. Okay. First, uh, I mentioned uh, yesterday that uh, that moving some employee lots uh, out to where those are shuttled and, and understand you know those are the employees that that uh, certainly help make our airport go. Um, so that does not come without consequence, uh, obviously. But right. but it is something that at this point is necessary uh, because of the growth. And you heard me say yesterday yet again Thanksgiving weekend last year versus this year fifteen point five percent higher. Not five percent, fifteen point five. That's crazy. So it's just been a great thing, but it, we're we're trying to manage it the best we can. Second, uh, we're we're actually looking at temporarily expanding an economy lot, uh, economy lot number one, onto an old aircraft ramp um, to, just to create more space. So kind of same concept you're talking about is you know how do we find more room? Well, I think we found more room that's even closer than okay. than uh, where three and four are going to go because that's pretty you know that's a significant haul down there. Sense. So. Uh, By the way, so if, you're do, if you do that, if you do that, of, sell it, sell it as a VIP, and you know, make a deal out of it, and and charge extra for the ability to park on the tarmac. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll put the sponsored signs you're talking about. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's on right. The thing, and you know, we'll just knock it all out. Uh, but no, we're uh, so those those two things are happening nowish. So that's even before uh, what I would think would be late spring, early summer, where we'd have the 400 surface spaces. I know designs uh, pretty much complete at this point. So. Um, so as we continue to grow, so, cause a lot of times people, I know I've gotten a question a lot of saying, well, 
does, does that mean we're not going to get any more parking until there's a new terminal? Absolutely not. Well, we are aggressively working on parking uh, situations. Whether we get funding this year in the legislation, uh, legislature or, or federal government or not, we, we are going ahead with these parking projects. So, um, and, and by the way, that surface lot's about a $4.4 million project. This is not a small um, a small project in that sense. So I'm assuming um, that's anyway, going to get so grant that, funding, though, right? Because it's airport today. related. That's your goal is to grant fund that. That that's correct. Well, FDOT is it's actually a fifty fifty split with FDOT. So okay. we already received the or we haven't received. We we've been awarded the two point two million in funding in the next fiscal year, and then that's two point two of airport money. Yes, absolutely. Got it. Okay. It, it, it's weird. It's like a thriving, growing city has parking issues. Isn't that strange? I mean, who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> one of the other things. I know. I never deal with them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. One of the other um, the other things that had come up yesterday. You were talking about this tree ordinance change, and at, at first, I had thought you were going to address the problem of having contractors working for the power company butcher the trees. Uh, but it seems like you were going more for the issue of you know people hire a tree. Uh, trimmer to come in and trim or take down or do something that winds up violating our tree ordinances, and then who winds up you know paying for that? And it seems like the answer you want to put in is, hey, if they violate our rules, let's make their license be on the line. Is that kind of the short version of what you have in mind? That's exactly right. We, we needed to have some accountability measure in place for the companies that should know the rules of our city better than the citizen, right? right? It, because it affects them. You know, I, I always relate it to my own business experience. I mean, if I had plenty of licenses in plenty of agencies over the activities uh, of a brewery or a bar. And I don't get to say, oh, well, you know what? Well, they went and drank it, so why don't you go get them? You know, they may go get them if they were underage and right. something like that. But I am accountable to what happens there because I know the rules. And so um, I, I, I kind of got fed up with getting emails from, from property owners. And whether they were fudging it or not, you know, they're saying, well, look, I didn't even know what the rule, you know, this big, long tree ordinance. I don't know what, what it is. And so it just – the light bulb went off to say, well, shouldn't the folks that know this the best, that, that should be required to know this, uh, be, have the ability to be held accountable and not us chase down you know, someone that may or may not have known what the rules were uh, as a whole? And so, so that doesn't, it's not going to alleviate accountability from the citizen or the, the property owner in this case, uh, but, if, um, but we have this additional mechanism to ensure – and what do we want? We don't want fines, and we don't want to take people's licenses away. What we want is, is for you to think twice before you cut down you know, a, a heritage oak tree at midnight on the weekend. That's what we want you to do. So um, hopefully we don't have to utilize this very much, but that this just is a little bit of a wake-up call for the whole process. Well, credible deterrence is always better than getting compensation for the mistake. No, I totally agree with you. That's I, I like yeah. the approach. And you're right that, you know, the people who are doing business, you know, the, the bartender is the one who's supposed to know whether you're underage and the bartender is supposed to know whether you're too drunk to be served another uh, bit of alcohol. And that's, that's what we hold accountable more so than the underage person or the person who uh, gets drunk. Uh, we always like to end with a uh, frivolous topic, like a lightning round kind of concept here first thing is i know this is your background since you were in sports uh commentator on the ohio state michigan game made the i thought errant comment that that was the greatest rivalry in all of sports what is your personal greatest rival it doesn't have to be like objectively this is but what's like the one to you that it's your team versus the the evil empire of whoever's the alternative Oh, I mean, for me, easy for me is Florida State, Florida. Um, All right. And just because in the era I grew up in the mid-90s, it was one versus two, one versus three. 
Right. You know, when I was, you know, in middle school, I mean, it's definitely Florida State, Florida. And there's no way that Ohio State, Michigan is better, in my opinion, than Florida State, Florida. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I thought it was a little out of place probably for a Midwestern guy. Uh, and me being one, I can recognize the disease. Uh, how often does D.C. Reeves floss? And what type of floss flossing device do you use? Uh, all the time. Mo- constantly. It's one of the weird things. Uh, you know, multiple times a day. And uh, I don't know. It's the... I, I, not the old school. I don't. I don't. Uh, you not know, the have string. The piece of string. It's okay. The, it's the you know the this technology world we live in. It's one of the uh, the, the, the little disposable the little flossers or something. Piece of string on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm, exactly. I'm the same. I think I never flossed ever, ever, ever until they invented those things, and now I floss easily because they're fantastic. It, that's exactly the same as me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last one is um, there was national clean out your fridge day. It's always in proximity to Thanksgiving. Um, how full on a regular is your fridge? Super full, medium full. Kind of empty. I would say kind of empty. Uh, you know, we've in this world I now live in last year. You know, between dinners and breakfasts and lunches, you know, I'm going places all the time, and then we started to realize we we're throwing out food all the time. So, uh, it's, you know, cupboard is relatively bare here at a at the uh, mayor operating household. <laughs> Shay Reeves. Uh, so, follow up, quick one. Um, when you're out and you don't finish your food, do you take it home or do you just leave it? You leave it there. Are you a doggy bag person? I give up on it because I, what I was doing is putting it in a box and leaving it on the table at the restaurant. So, you know, I just give <laughs> up on it. I, I, you know, I'll give it my best shot when I'm there and then I'm out of there. All right, fair enough. And if it's already getting you're throwing out food at home, I get why you wouldn't bring more food home. That makes sense to me. D.C. Exactly. Reeves, mayor of Pensacola, sir. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for the time. All right, Andrew. Thanks. Absolutely. 551 News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you have your uh, relationship with your car is not as good as it should be, let me just put it that way. You know, if you remember what it was like to love your car, because, you know, typically when you first get your car, like, yeah. And then after a while, you're like, yeah. And then after a while, you're like, yeah. And then eventually, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, right? Like, eventually, you know it's got to go. And you might not be to that point just yet. You might be in that like middle to late phase where you don't like me asking the question because you don't want to think about it. But every day you don't enjoy getting in your car and driving around and you think more about the flaws than the advantages, right? Okay, now's the time to go looking. You deserve better. You deserve a car that you're like, yeah, or at least, yeah, I mean, <laughs> rather than the alternative. So go to Frontier Motors. Try four, five, ten different cars. Try things in your genre. Try things that might be a little outside your genre. Maybe you discover you love something. Man, I didn't know I was a Jeep person until I drove one. Okay. Or maybe I now I know why I'm not a Jeep person. Either way, you know something, right? So they've got about 300 different cars, trucks, vans, sedans, sports cars on the lot. You can try as many as you like. And there are all so many different varieties. And then maybe they don't have exactly what you're looking for. Or they have close, but you want something in a different color, different trim package. They can go find it for you. I mean, they'll do that. No problem. So if you're in that phase and you've been putting it off because nobody gets eager about going to find a new car, I understand. Well, go find a new car, okay? Just do what you know you need to do. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Paralyzed veterans, Sean Halstead and Noah Courier. I was Air Force from 93 to 98. I got hurt uh, practicing combat search and rescue, fell off a fast rope, um, so shattered L1 vertebrae. I don't know where I'd be without paralyzed veterans. I've only seen that now. Unite through struggle, you know, that's what the Marine Corps and service is all about. You, you get tight and those bonds just get stronger and stronger the more you struggle together and the, the harder the hardship. and. Um, I don't know if it gets any harder than being a quadriplegic, so, you know, we instantly bond. 
Paralyzed Veterans of America is a nonprofit and it gets no federal funding. And we provide every service free of charge to every veteran and caregiver that we support. Paralyzed Veteran and PVA Executive Director Sherman Gillums Jr. Every life, every success, every recovery, it's tied to the initial investment you've had in us. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Berman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Berman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Berman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com. Hi, this is Terrence A. Gross. Did you know that Florida recently passed a major tort reform package? The legislature reduced Florida's general injury statute of limitations from four years to two years. They limited attorney's fees and homeowners' lawsuits, which could adversely affect homeowners. For any injury claim, call me, Terrence A. Gross, at 850-434-3333 or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. The Pensacola Christmas Concert is back on News Radio 92.3. It's 24 hours of Christmas music from you, Pensacola. Local churches, local bands, local musicians, all right here on News Radio 92.3, all Christmas Day. We have music from the Pensacola Children's Chorus, the Pensacola Civic Band, Olive Baptist Church, the Perdido Brass, and more. And if you'd like your music to be part of the Pensacola Christmas Concert, send an email to christmas at newsradio923.com. This is Lewis Bear from the Lewis Bear Company, wishing you a safe and happy holidays. Please don't text and drive or drink and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Monroe Watley at Frontier Motors wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at the WEAR Morning News, and there's a lot more of us than you see every day on TV, we certainly wish you happy holidays. From our family to yours, all the joys of the season. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola today and stay informed about what's happening in your community. We're here to keep you connected. News Radio Pensacola, informative, local, dependable. I am a valuable commodity. I go across the middle. I see a dude coming at me, trying to kill me. I tell myself, get killed, catch the ball. Booyah, touchdown, I make miracles happen. Right, I, um, I don't know how to prepare you for this news, but there are going to be some people for whom what I'm about to say will be disturbing, distressing, frightening, uh, triggering, to uh, use the lingo of the, the current hip cool kids. Um, Kraft Mac and Cheese is going to offer a no cheese alternative. I don't know what got hurt worse in that interaction, David. Is that your hand or the table took the worst of that one? <laughs> I, I felt I'm sorry. That. <laughs> it's, I just have a love for Kraft Mac and Cheese. It literally is called Kraft Mac and Not Cheese. Um, I mean, well, it's... Well, that's they, creative at least. It's, uh, no, they actually didn't do that. It's, 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 okay, so the box cover says plant-based and then Kraft Mac and Cheese with the dripping smiley macaroni. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, in big letters, okay, 
It says not cheese, which, by the way, I appreciate because I cannot tell you how many times I have gone to the store to buy a whatever it is, okay? And I wind up very inadvertently getting the diet, no flavor, low sodium, joy stealing version of whatever it was I was trying to buy because they must have written it in three point font above the label so that you cannot tell. And they're made I'm like different colors, big picture differences make it obvious to people that this is. You know, this is not the one. Are you sure? This is not the one you're probably looking for. Go to the left, you know, but no. In this like case, the card from the Santa Claus, you have to have the big microscope to pull it out yeah, and read the, the yeah, fine print. Exactly. Yeah. So plant-based because they say people are, you know, looking for healthy alternatives or whatever. Of course, my first thought is, but are you still supposed to use a half a stick of butter? Right. <laughs> uh-huh. And with the answer to which is only if you want it to taste good. Um, and so the, probably the answer there is going to be some plant-based oil or and whatever. It's fine. You're also going to have to add in a real handful of actual cheese. To make right, it good. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. then you're going to go take some Velveeta and dump it in there to get some right. flavor. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. What's going on in the newsroom, David? Well, there's a new poll out showing the number of college students experiencing or seeing anti-Semitism is up for this academic year. Uh, that poll was led by the uh, the Jewish Anti-Defamation League and uh, the uh, Hillel International found, uh, in Hillel International found that nearly three in four Jewish students uh, are seeing anti-Semitism on college campuses. And hey, it's the big delivery day for the Tesla Cybertruck. Oh, great. I'm sure everybody's excited with a, uh, about what is that. It? Was it a sledgehammer? Was that what he used to hit it? Uh, hopefully. A baseball bat? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, go ahead. So they're delivering today? They're having a big distribution event at the uh, Tesla factory in Austin, Texas. So if you wanted a Cybertruck real bad, I guess you'll have to go there to get one. All right. Well, I'm just not on my way yet. So, okay. <laughs> Fair. Although, it does look like something out of, and I'm digging deep on this one here, but like the day after. You know, the kind of, yeah. you know, made-for-TV movie that traumatized us all as kids about nuclear war. Uh, it does look like it belongs in that. So, you know, I'm I'm sure they're going to sell tremendously. And I have a feeling that it doesn't drive very well would be my guess. Stream us at NewsRadio92.3.com. NewsRadio92.3. WNRP Golf Free's Milton, Pensacola.